It feels lonely to be a CEO. Let me tell you something. You are not alone in this journey. To make it easier and more impactful, you only need the correct tools, expert guides, and a community of business leaders like you. Welcome to the Impact Tech Podcast, the space for business leaders who want to create more impact in their business while reducing personal and professional drama. Hi, I'm Daniel Marcos, CEO of the Growth Institute, an entrepreneur for more than 20 years, and CEO coach for more than 12. Through my journey, I have met and learned from great CEOs and business leaders, and I will invite them here to get to know them and learn from the best. Ready? 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 Let's impact text your company and life. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, or good night, depending on what part of the world you're visiting us. I'm Daniel Marcos, CEO of Growth Institute, and I'm the host of the Learning Up podcast, where we're going to learn how companies that learn and continuously learn new tactics, tools, frameworks, mindsets, they'll really be able to scale their company. And today I'm here with a really, really good friend, uh, Chala Dinkoy. Um, Chala is the CEO and founder of the Position Expert. She's a marketing strategist who helps companies really uh, change their messaging to attract more decisions making uh, makers so it could really scale their company. She has uh, been working with really, really big companies, Pepsi, uh, Pizza Hut, Frito-Lay for over 20 years. And she's the author of three books. And Chala, you have to tell us about the, the newest book that you have. The first one's called Gentle Marketing, A Gentle Way to Attract Lead Loads of Clients and How to Win Friends the Way Apple Wins Customers. And Chala, what's your third book that I don't have in your bio, by the way? I know. How to Make Anyone Like You in Seven Seconds or Less. It's very cool. Elevator pitch and marketing. All right. And by the way, she's been featured in a lot of programs like ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and has been speaking internationally on conference all over the world. Indeed, before we recorded, we're complaining about how many conferences, how much travel we'll be doing this year. <laughs> Not complaining, enjoying it, but but it's been it's been a, a year that after being online, uh, now going offline and everyone's going to conference all over. It's been it's been a lot of fun. All right. So Chala, tell us. So let, let's go to the, the messaging of the second seven messaging. How do you teach a company yeah. to really get attention fast? What do you do? So the, this is very timely because a couple of weeks ago, I presented a masterclass called One Liner Marketing. And it's all about how attention spans have decreased from 12 to seven seconds in the last just two years. It's very, very insane how both online and in person, you have to captivate people very quickly in terms of clarity of what is it that you do? How do you help? Who do you help? And why you're different? That's really hard. So so what part of a learning company needs to do to take their messaging and their marketing to a next level? What kind of blocks they have? Well, and then what kind of new learnings they need to do? So it's very simple. There's only one answer, one word answer, and it's called niching. And when you're super niched, meaning when you pick one very specific target audience and one facet, just one tiny facet of their pain that's very expensive that you specialize in, that's what your whole messaging needs to be about. It's always about them. So I see companies are trying to do too many things and they're trying to fix too many problems. So of course, they overwhelm yeah. the user with too many data or too many messages. How do you convince them yeah. about just doing one and focusing on one? Well, I mean, I give them the data, right? There's uh, for many, many years, uh, there's been research around the paradox of choice. Have you heard of that? I've heard of it. I'm not an expert. Please walk us through. Yeah. So it's the jam test. 
So they put a marketplace with 25 jams on one table and then six jams on the other table. And they watched whether people bought and how many they bought and guess which one they bought more of. The sixth one. Yep, exactly. And the reason for that is because they are exactly what you said. They're overwhelmed. So when you open your mouth to tell people what it is that you do, even though you can help more than one group of people and you can do more than one thing for them, I'm very happy for you, but they're not going to buy because confused minds don't buy. They only have seven seconds to decide whether you can help them or not and whether they trust you or not. So you better use the amount of time you have that they've given you in the wisest way by talking about them. So how do you choose a right message? Like if you're coaching a company, what's the process you're walking through for them to be able to choose what's the right message and the one that really has the most impact with a, with a client? So one of the controversial things that I do is I do not look at where their business is coming from today. I don't look at like how traditional marketers do. They look at who is your current client. I don't do that because if they were happy with who their current client was, they wouldn't come to me. So typically what we look at, yeah, typically what we look at is what we look at the market. So then we look at how do we segment the market? The human beings self-gather in large numbers only in two ways. One is in industry, by industry, and if it's B2C, it's by interest group. And it could even be uh, B2B in interest group. For example, my super niche is uh, diverse businesses. So diversity and inclusion is an interest that literally has a meeting every single day in the United States, every single day, and every city that you can find. So that's a, a good niche for me. So interest group or industry, you pick that, one of those focuses, and then we look at and score what are some of these groups that you have access to that you think will pay what you need and have this pain, have a lot of pain around what you do. And then we come up with a questionnaire that actually guesses at their three most expensive facets of the pain for them, how they're experiencing it, what is the evidence of that pain in their business, and how they speak it about it. And then we go and we talk to these people in the market. Okay. So what's the typical mistakes that someone make when they're doing their messaging or, or improving their marketing? They guess at it. They guess at it. Number All one. Right. So, yeah. so I love data. I'm, I'm a numbers guy. What's the right data you have to see to get the right message? So when I used to work for Pepsi, Pizza Hut, Frito-Lay, I did this process, but it had to be obviously scientific and it had to be indexed to the population. So to be indexed to the population uh, where, you know, I worked in the North American market, I also worked in the European market, you needed to have at least 150 sample size statistically to be statistically significant. But what we do as small businesses, we can't afford that level of recruiting and, you know, doing panels and, and actual paid for research. So what I have them do, what I've created is a qualitative measure for them to be able to talk to at least 15 decision makers who are check signers. And I've developed a methodology for small businesses to do that. Interesting. Okay. Usually, where do you ask them to get the data? Do you ask them to go and call actual clients, past clients, people that did not buy? What's the right source of data to really be able to get that? So I'm, again, I'm not a big fan of current clients because they already know you, like you trust you. So they can't give you a cold, cold reading of what is, you know, 
what is the match? What is the pain? And if they're already buying from you, they can't buy from you. So the process that I use is something that actually gets them sales. So what we want is for them to be near strangers. So somebody that's introduced them or somebody they can network with or somebody they knew in a past. All right. When, when selecting the message, what's the best way to take it down to the organization? Because I see a lot of companies that they're not on the same page and it's very, very hard to take it down. So everyone, the company responds the same and is able to drive their same message everywhere in the organization. So when I worked for these giant corporations, we had the same thing. And what I've discovered is that when the message is developed based by the, the company, so by the sales and marketing collaboratively, by speaking to consumers and based on consumer insight or customer insight, nobody can argue with it. The kind of top-down messaging that doesn't work has been developed in boardrooms by very expensive consultants who have not done the due diligence to go and find out about insights. Great. So tell me, tell me a case study, a good one and a bad one. Someone that did it really, really well, and then someone that did it really, really wrong. Yeah. So an IT company, and when you look at IT companies, they're managed services, generic. When they would go to these networking meetings and when they said, what do you do? And they would say, oh, I own an IT company. People's eyes would start rolling back from boredom and they had nothing to say to them past that, right? Because everybody has an IT company. Nobody wants a new IT company. Uh, it's like getting an enema to have to, you know, like get all your work over to an, a new IT company. So what we did is we went through the research and what they did is they found out that the number one target would be healthcare. And the number one problem, the facet of the problem that they could solve would be call centers that were keeping people on hold for too long and that they were, you know, losing patients, losing people on the call. People were hanging up and not getting the treatment. People were dying, waiting. So their super niche became, we developed or they developed uh, working with their art agency, a logo called On Hold Rescue. Their new sub-brand became On Hold Rescue and it, it had the red cross sign of the healthcare with the call center lady, phone holding lady. And they made $805,000 within a, a couple of months of launching this thing. Wow. That's sending the right message. I was having a conversation the other day yeah. with Mike Michalowicz that he's been writing books and being very successful. He said, I do books mm -hmm. that is solving one issue and it's part of the title. If I could not find that it's one issue that I'm fixing as part of a title, I just don't write the book. And that's exactly I the importance it. of the messaging you're doing. I think that's brilliant. All right. So to close the, the episode, what recommendations can you give a business owner that is struggling and having problems with their business and they really want to take their messaging and their marketing and sales to the next level? What would you recommend them? So one, hire a strategist. If you knew how to do it yourself, you already yeah, would have. Yep. And you want right? You want a shortcut yep. in this economy. You want to get there fast. Number two, niche, right? Niche down. And number three, niche down. Of course, that the, the whole you know it, it, the whole idea of niching is to focus down. And then so, and the third is to implement it. Implement that niche in your marketing messaging and your marketing plan. So let me let me stay a little bit on niching uh, before we 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 end. Entrepreneurs, that's like a very difficult word to tell them, hey, you have to not sell to everyone, <laughs> right. just sell to, yes, they, they hate when you ask them about yeah. niching, right? 
<laughs> and then and, the, and then you're niching niching down and really taking it to to a very very small niche. Why is that so important? Yeah. How do you convince them? And then what's the right mindset to have to be able to choose a small niche? So first I tell them it's not forever. It's one niche at a time. So oh, and that was golden. Sorry, sorry. Up. I need to stop here a little bit. Yeah. I need to stop here a little bit. That was mm -hmm. golden. Is one niche at a time. Everyone thinks that you, when you tell them to, to do a niche, they could never get out of it. I love that. Sorry, sorry for that. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. No, and and the truth is, if we do our work right, it's such a deep and wide niche that they'll never leave. They're making so much money that they're getting so much word of mouth from the same niche that they're never going to leave. So, but I, I make them, you know, feel comfortable saying it's not forever and it's just for six months to a year for now. And that's, and then, and the rest of it is you can upsell, cross sell to anyone. The other point is they don't have to stop selling to everyone. They just have to do their ongoing marketing to a, a niche, a one niche. And I almost launch it like a pilot. It's almost like a, a test, you know? So how do you, like, how do you know if you already, like, dominate the niche and how to go to a next? Well, you, you're making so much money from that niche. And, like, you just, you can't, I mean, the way that, that my clients have been, they've, they've just never left the niche because it's making so much money. Now, if it's not working and you've saturated the niche, I've never seen that. Because if it's a proper niche and the clients that I work with are like the one to 11 million. So they're so small already that there's no way they're going to saturate any proper niche for their business in the U.S. So so in the U.S., it's just such a big market. Uh, just to give a, a perspective. Uh, there's a lot of people international hearing about this. The world economy is around 90, 95 trillion dollars. The U.S. is like 21 trillion. Mm -hmm. So you have 25% of the GDP yeah. in just one country. That's yeah. huge. I yeah. just give you an idea. My home country, Mexico, is 1.1 trillion. So it's around 21 times smaller. So Texas is 1.9. So Texas is almost twice as wow. Mexico. And Mexico were the 12 or 13 biggest economy in the world. Uh, California is 5 trillion. Uh, Texas, 1.9. New York is like 3. So, so just those three states are bigger than Mexico on its own. So, so that's a huge uh, point. Sorry? What's Canada? I'm in Canada. Canada is like two. Oh, you're right. You're in Canada. Uh, I think Canada is like three, uh, 2.53. So Canada is over two and a half times Mexico, uh, just to give an idea. Yes, you're right. I forgot about that. I'm so sorry. Every time I see you, I see you in conference in the U.S., so I, I just kept I that you were in the U.S. We, we, we see each other a lot in conference and airports uh, in the U.S. Every time we're giving speaking and we, we, that's where yeah. we meet. So, so that's when I see I you. I see you in the U.S., but you're based in Canada. You're completely right. So Canada is around two and a half times Mexico. Uh, it's a little bit bigger than Texas, but, but that's reality. That's, that's the size of the market. So in a market like yeah. the U.S., the very, very small niching is so important until you dominate. And there's a lot of competition. You and I were talking about this. Um, I do a lot of education yeah. and consulting in English and Spanish. And Spanish, there's no competition, very, very little competition. And by the way, I just don't compete in Mexico. I compete all over Latin America. And what I do is extremely unique in Latin America. So, yeah. uh, and compared yeah. to the US, our US market is way more competitive. And we have to niche down That's to be able to, yeah. yeah. But we have to niche down. Yeah. And in the case of Mexico or Latin America that I operate, also, I don't niche down that much because there's yeah. there's a smaller market 
but I have to go to a bigger niche. And because there's no competition, yeah. you could even deal with that. In the US, it's so competitive. Yeah. They have to go to a very, very small niche. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, I Kala, think that when, when you're yes. niched, you're, you win either way. You, yeah. When you're niched, you win either way. And that's such a powerful message and so difficult for entrepreneurs to accept that. Uh, and what you said <laughs> is not forever. It's just one niche at a time, right? Once you dominate that niche, you go to the next one and then you go to the next one and that's fine. But first go to a small niche and dominate it. And that's when you start to really scale it. Love that. By the way, I always tell the story just to close this. Um, I don't know if you know the story of uh, Airbnb. Uh, they were in California. They started in uh -huh. Silicon Valley and they were doing this tech company. And they were meeting with a mentor and they were uh -huh. struggling to grow in Airbnb. And the mentor said, okay, where do you have your biggest clients, your most clients? And the guy said, New York, Manhattan. What the hell are you doing in California? Move to New York and figure out how to dominate New York. And that's why Airbnb is New York. They move after that and they dominated Manhattan. Once they dominate Manhattan, then they went global. So okay, I'm going to use that story. story. Yeah, perfect story. Uh, yeah. It's written. What book did I read? I read somewhere. You could find it somewhere online. I, I really, I really like it because we all see Airbnb like a global company uh, that it's yeah. huge, and they they started with yeah. niche, and their niche was Manhattan. Yeah. So once we dominate Manhattan, Yay. we dominate the world. Right. I believe it. Shala, uh, always, always, always a pleasure. Great to see you at least know. virtual uh, like this. Uh, learned a lot, and uh, entrepreneurs hear what she teaches. Niche down, dominate a niche. And it's one niche at a time. That doesn't mean you have to be there forever. Great, great teacher. That's right. uh, Shala, thank you very much. Hope you have a great day. Oh, no, no, no. Whoa, sorry. I, big, big bad time for me. Where they could follow you. Where, if they want to contact you, where can they contact you? Repositioner.com. Reposition.com. Repositioner.com, yeah. Repositioner.com. Repos you are the uh -huh. repositioner. Aha. That's, that's really cool. All right. Repositioner.com. <laughs> and social media, what social media do you use the most? Chala Dinkoy. All right. Uh, Chala, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for joining us for one more episode of Impact X Podcast. Don't forget to follow me in YouTube and Instagram. I'm constantly sharing content and tools for you to become the best version of yourself. I'm Daniel Marcos. See you soon. See you soon. See you soon.